Hi, I'm Jake Miller, host of the Educational Duct Tape Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking with Cynthia Long. She is a nationally certified interpreter and founder of Sign Baby Sign. And she has this amazing website where you can get all kinds of cool resources to help you work with the children in your school who are deaf. Lots to learn today, lots to think about, and some really cool resources to start using. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. Cynthia Long is a nationally certified interpreter and founder of Sign Baby Sign. Cynthia has extensive experience homeschooling and interpreting in the classroom settings at primary, secondary, and post-secondary levels and is dedicated to providing ASL teaching resources to schools and families across the U.S. After years of working in the education system, Cynthia questioned where the resources for teaching sign language were. She could find the ABCs and numbers one through 10, but teachers needed more than that for their students to be successful. So Cynthia decided to make it happen. ASL Teaching Resources was created as the answer. All of the ASL resources available on Cynthia's website were developed from years of experience in educational systems as a nationally certified interpreter. ASL Teaching Resources has hundreds of sign resources to use to teach hearing, deaf, and special needs children. And by the way, Cynthia has been married for 33 years, has three children and four grandchildren. Cynthia, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I wish you could see me signing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. With an audio podcast, it is, uh, we are, uh, um, we'll have to. Uh, um, it's a universal sign. They, they can kind of imagine what I'm doing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I appreciate you joining us today. And I got a lot of people excited about hearing, uh, they, they were excited about hearing that I was talking with you today. So. This is very cool. And uh, uh, so what I'd like to do is, uh, before we get into ASL Teaching Resources, which is your website where everybody can find all these resources, let's define a couple of things. What is ASL and what does it mean to be a nationally certified interpreter? ASL stands for American Sign Language. It is a noun. Uh, Webster Dictionary defines it as a visual gesture language having its own semantic, which is the meaning of words, and syntactic structure, which is the rules and the orders used by deaf people in the United States and English-speaking parts of Canada. Now, my personal definition is ASL, American Sign Language, is a visual language utilizing a system of hand gestures that includes facial expressions, mouth morphemes, shoulder and head movements, and so forth, and has its own grammar rules to bring full meaning to communication. So that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> now on your other question for the National Interpreter Certification, which is stands for NIC, uh, this is where an individual has demonstrated professional knowledge and skill that meet or exceed the minimum professional standards necessary to perform in a broad range of interpreting assignments and ethical decision making. 
Now, currently, to hold this certification, um, you're required to have a bachelor's degree, and you're also required to pass both the knowledge and performance test. I kind of compare it to like someone taking um, a law exam. There are two parts to it, and it's not it's not cheap. So everybody would want to make sure that they are prepared for it. There's a lot of preparation to make sure. It usually takes about six years for an individual to have gone to college and become fluent in the language um, to take this test. Excellent. Thanks for explaining that. I just want to make sure that we, we kind of started off that way so that people had an understanding a little bit because we're going to use, we're going to say ASL and, and not uh, draw it out to its whole words and, uh, and we're going to use national certified a couple times. So I want to make sure that we uh, talk there. So, so now I've got to go back in history and talk a little bit about it. I got to share a story with you because, and uh, we've talked about this previously. And, uh, you know, I started teaching back in 87 and, uh, you know, just, just, just around the corner, just a little bit backwards. Thanks. And I worked in a school where it, um, we had students who were deaf. And as a brand new teacher, um, no one had explained to me that on my, my student rosters, there would be an asterisk and the asterisk identified the deaf children that were going to be in my classroom. Now, I was supposed to have an interpreter in there, and uh, on the first day of class, the, uh, I'm there taking role, we're in homeroom, and I'm there taking role, and uh, there are three students in my class who've not raised their hand, and there are three students on my roster who uh, are unaccounted for, and one of, one of my hearing students looked at me and he said, uh, can I look at your list for a second? And I said, sure. And he said, I know, I'm pretty sure that that one right there, <laughs> that name right there goes to him, and I don't think he can hear you. I think he's deaf. I went, oh, and so I walked over to him and, uh, and I pointed to his name and he, and he went, yeah, <laughs> and he said, yes, that's me. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it. He, he just nodded yes and, uh, and uh, pointed to himself. And I went, ah, so then I went to the other two and sure enough, all three of them. And then uh, about five minutes later, the interpreter walked in, apologized for being late and, uh, <laughs> and then explained to me what the asterisk meant. And I said, oh, that's a little late. So, <laughs> but yeah. with that being said, in those days, they didn't, they didn't want us using the term deaf. They had us using the term hearing impaired. And what I'd like to do is, uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the terms that, uh, a little bit about how that's outdated and, uh, and what terms we should be using when we're talking about um, children who cannot hear? Okay, well, every time when I hear someone say hearing impaired, I cringe just a little bit because I am deeply, um, deeply into the deaf culture. And the reason why is because when we refer to impairment, it's as though we think they need to be fixed. And as a deaf person, there is nothing to be fixed. I'm fine the way I am, this is who I am, and I've accepted this identity. So I am deaf. So when we refer to a student or even an adult, we would say, um, this is my deaf friend, or this is a deaf child. Um, so the hearing impairment statement um, should be actually um, no, no longer ever used. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That was, it was interesting because in, in those days, the, they didn't want to see, it, it's interesting how things change. So I appreciate you sharing that and, and helping us. Are there any other terms that you can think of that might be the same way? I mean, you know, a, a teacher today in a classroom who has a, a child who is deaf, are there any other terms that are something they should be aware of that they use when talking or referring? Well, you know, every now and then um, in an older generation, perhaps I hear deaf and dumb and that becomes because they can't hear our talk. And 
a lot of times when a child is completely deaf, he cannot talk at all. Now, if they have some hearing, uh, you might hear them talk and it sounds a little different. So the term deaf and dumb is definitely, as most people know, is outdated along with hearing impaired. Um, other than that, um, you have to be careful, perhaps when the interpreter is just with them so much that they, that, you know, they are still labeled as, as the interpreter, not as their tutor or their aide or anything along those lines. Gotcha, gotcha. They, uh, so what I'd like to do is, um, so let's talk a little bit about the classroom teacher. So if, if you're a classroom teacher who's assigned a deaf student, what, what's, how do you start things off? How do, how do you, uh, what, what should you do? That is a great question. Um, I, I actually have five tips. Now I could give you tons more, but I decided let's limit it to five tips for teachers um, to help a deaf student succeed. So the first one would be class discussion. Uh, it's not always possible, depending on the setting, but if possible, it's great to have them sitting in some kind of circle. And think about this, because the deaf child might be using the interpreter, but he's also wanting to look around at the other students who are talking. And so lip reading could be a part of his total communication. So he's watching the interpreter, he might be looking at the teacher's lips, he might be looking at the body language of all those around him. So this gives him an advantage and helps him be a part of the discussion a little more. Uh, keep in mind that deaf students may not even join the discussion. Now, and it's not because they don't want to, but a lot of time it's because it's challenging just to be able to keep up with the conversation. Things are delayed when you have a teacher talk, then that goes into the interpreter's ears, and then they then relay that communication, and it's always several um, seconds of a delay that goes on there. So if you say, hey, Johnny, what do you think about that? Teacher might wanna be aware that it might be about four or five seconds before she even gets an answer back. <laughs> so uh, um, keep in mind that the interpreter will also be a distraction. Big time. Uh, you might think that the students are paying more attention to this person over here waving their hands um, as opposed to your teaching. Because the interpreter more than likely is going to be standing right next to you as you teach. And the reason why is because the child needs to see both the interpreter and have visual representation of the teacher as well. Now, avoid discouraging other children from watching the interpreter because that could have a negative impact on your deaf student. Instead, go ahead and embrace this elephant in the room uh, as an additional tool to those hearing students that are even visual learners. How amazing that would be. The second one now would be your lectures. It's helpful for you to stand where a student can't see you clearly. Now here's the part that um, most teachers do that anyway. However, what happens when you go to write on the board and you continue your discussion? So try to face the students as often as possible. And if you turn to write on the board, perhaps pause your speaking for a moment if possible. Yes, the interpreter is there. So you might want to work that out with the interpreter. Should I keep going while you're interpreting or should I, or does a deaf kid want to be watching me as well? So it can be frustrating for a deaf or hard of hearing student um, if the teacher is behind them also talking, like walking down the aisles. Um, they're missing out on the teacher's body language, the hand gestures that they're even bringing with this. Now, one of my biggest issues that I see 
is that um, the teacher might have the deaf student take notes while they continue talking. Now, how are the students supposed to take notes and watch the interpreter? Ah, <laughs> so that's a big one for the teacher to be aware of. It is impossible for the deaf student to watch the interpreter and take notes at the same time. So one good suggestion I have is to write on the board the key points, pause for a moment, and then continue talking. Um, you can even observe the interpreter and kind of take note from where they're going. Now, personally, uh, I, I find it in different situations depending on different um, levels of education. For instance, when I was in the elementary school, I often moved around that classroom so many times, just like the teacher would. I start by sitting right next to the deaf student, but when the teacher tells a story, I'm right up there sitting right beside her during story time. Now when the teacher's at the board and she's pulling out these sticks to represent the tens place, I'm actually pointing to everything that she's touching. So I am an additional teacher in the classroom, so to speak, to bring that visual representation to um, the deaf student. So number three would be movies. Please use closed captions. I am always so thankful for teachers that put these captions up for their videos without being reminded to do so each time. And you might think, well, they have an interpreter. Why do they need closed captions? Well, why don't you go home and try it yourself? Turn on this movie about history for 20 minutes and only read the closed captions. How much of the video you, um, you know, actually had? Imagine so the kid now has an interpreter there too, interpreting everything. So let the deaf student actually, I say, decide what fits their needs best. Most of the time they say, I just want to watch it. So they'll pick up a lot of visuals and pick up whatever grammar that they can. Now I'm on number four, two more to go, a great helpful hints for our teachers. The interpreter. Ah, what do you do? You have another adult in the room and you're so excited because you have somebody to help you with classroom management and anything that you need done. Ah, no. <laughs> Understand the interpreter's role, sole role is there for communication. So use your aids for any tutoring or any extra help your student may need. So I'll be, I'll be honest with you, in all the years that I work in education, every year I get asked to go make copies. Every year I get asked to watch the classroom, I'll be back real quick, I gotta go to the bathroom. Well, <clears throat> legally, the school is responsible for those students, and the teacher is the one that is trained for that role. So you have to figure out what is legal in your school system, because if anything happened while I'm watching those children, um, I, I have not received their training, and so it would not be a good thing. So keep your interpreter as um, their interpreter role. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I just gotta. I just gotta interject. As a former principal, yes, you gotta. Please do not put them in that that role. That's uh, you know, keep them in their role as it is. That's uh, I I totally understand what you're saying there because that's one of those things you're like. So who is in the classroom? Well, the interpreter was there. Okay. <laughs> nice. All right. So yes. So it's uh, that is very wise advice right there to not put. Uh, use the interpreter and the, all of a sudden in the responsibility role of that, of that teacher. So yes, like that. or now, to make you get coffee. And, and yes. Now, now every now and then I, 
I knew there was like an emergency of, I need copies of something. So I say, well, I, I am not allowed to leave the room with your deaf student here. However, if you want to send the deaf student to make copies, I'll go with this deaf student. So that was another option if it was indeed an emergency. But most of the time I find that teachers are well prepared and they have what they need ahead of time. Okay, here's a fifth amazing tip that I think um, would help um, a deaf student feel a part of the classroom and a teacher help with success, and that is resources. Label everything possible in your classroom. So now we have hundreds of flashcards, um, different things you can use, you can print off, you can label the chair, the walls, anything that you see, and that way the students are learning the names for these things as well, and they can go up and have a short, you know, lights, you know, pointing and actually sign to the student. Also, many times in elementary school, you'll have the ABCs nice and big all across the wall. Well, replace those with some of our ABC wall charts that not only have the normal ABCs, but it also has the sign language, finger spelling as we call it, that go along with it. And it has um, pictures as well. There are a couple of different options that you can choose from. Okay, those are my five tips um, and, um, that I would say to use definitely in your classroom. Awesome, awesome. Could you share some success tips for having a student with signing needs? Sure. Um, like I said, I have a whole lifetime of experience, so to speak. <laughs> so here's just some more in a nutshell. No, not expanding on them. I'm just going to give them to you in bullet points here. Look directly at the student when you're talking. Face that one and when you're communicating or teaching as much as possible. Now, when you need the student, be sure to say the student's name and then signal their attention in some way before speaking. Assign the student a desk near the front of the classroom or where you plan to deliver most of your lectures. Now we'll say this isn't as applicable in high school or um, higher ed education to sit. Uh, speak naturally and clearly. Remember that speaking louder won't help. Use visuals. Um, such as writing on the board or um, any kind of handouts you can to help convey your message. So this is applicable for the middle school and high school. Provide the students with an outline of the, of the lesson or printed copies of your notes if possible. This allows the student to focus on the discussion and questions while you are teaching. For instance, if you're doing a PowerPoint, and you're talking and the kids are having to write down the PowerPoint while you're talking. Again, that goes back to the can't watch, uh, the, uh, watch you and take notes and watch the interpreter. So giving them a printed copy of your PowerPoint means that they have that copy to look at later, but they can also stare at the interpreter to hear what's going on in the classroom. And then the notes are there for them to study later. Now, the last one um, I think would be really important to, um, actually I think I have two more. Keep in mind that English is their second language. And you will definitely see this in their writing, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, and here is another really cool one that I, I personally do. It's not done most of the time in schools. Um, I do it because I'm bold and I, I'm, I've seen it be so successful. You're like, well, what is it? Um, okay, have 
a small portion of your class, even if it's um, elementary school during snack time or for when you first walk in the class, but have a moment in class where everybody learns something new every day to communicate with a deaf student. So that will be encouraging for the deaf student as well as the hearing student who really want to talk to them without an interpreter. Now, when I was in high school, honestly, the deaf student did not want their interpreter in all their business. Right. <laughs> so, as you can imagine. Yes. So give the children power themselves. Give them the tool um, to make that happen. And I will mention a little more later, but we do have a podcast that's free for that. And they, a deaf student can also be really empowered by having an after-school sign club as well to help yes. em emphasize that. And I gotta, and I gotta say, it's really cool because I've seen, I've been in classrooms where the kids will skip over the teacher and they will sign whatever that simple sign is that the teacher has encouraged them to learn so they can communicate with each other, whether it's, you know, talking about crayons or the, you know, something that's getting ready to happen, like we're going to lunch or something. You know, it's, it's pretty cool to see that happen because they, they include, they're included then. So. Yes. Now I will tell you one funny story that it's, it's kind of <laughs> another little thing for a teacher to watch out for, especially in the um, older school aged children when someone starts learning sign you have to be careful for um little um devious cheating going on with signs <laughs> okay yes <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then the other thing sometimes they're always inquisitive about bad words they want to know from the about bad words and i will be honest with you as an interpreter it is my role to facilitate communication so if another student is asking them for a bad word, I get to sign that to the deaf child and then I get to teach the hearing child that sign. However, however, saying that, we do have a code of ethics that I will probably also voice loud enough for the teacher to hear what's going on. Okay? Yes, very nice. <laughs> Quality, because if a hearing child and another hearing child are talking, the deaf child should have the same rights and not because an interpreter is there that he has something of a tattletale right next to him. That's funny. So, <laughs> anyway, just that's a little side story there that I thought was fun. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially because you're in a tough spot because you got to tell them what's being said, but at the same time, is this, just, how far do I let this one go? Cause it, so that's nice. That's uh, excellent. I, and yes, sometimes I will actually, if I see them cheating in sign during the test, I will voice out loud, the answer's A. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> yes. Whoops. Yeah, that's, that's when the other teacher, the, the teacher looks at you and goes, what, are you losing your mind? Oh, that's you're saying what the kid's saying. Aha. And many times I am literally pointing to the deaf kid so that it's real obvious that it's not. <laughs> Saying that bad word at all, too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that could get a little confusing. Um, yes. That's. I love that. That's. Thank you for sharing that story. It's very cool. I, I could see where that could get a little, uh, a little kind of interesting in the classroom. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that we said is that when we talked previously, it was we were preparing for this. One of the things you mentioned that I thought was really cool is that. Um, using sign with hearing children can assist the teacher with classroom management. Now, how's that happen? How's that, how's that help? Well, I, I kind of became more aware of this when I started in the elementary schools. And I'm gonna just share two ways 
of using sign with students, how it can drastically, drastically, and I say that word and I chose that word, reduce interruptions in the classroom. So I encourage all teachers to at least learn a few basic signs. Okay, here's scenario one. You're in a classroom and the teacher is teaching, a student raises their hand. Normal day. Stops teaching for a moment. Yes, John? He responds, I need to go to the bathroom. Now the whole class is distracted and looking at John. Are you? So, and then the teacher says, John, this is the third time this week you've missed part of our lesson. Hurry up. <laughs> so how can sign help in this situation? Here is my solution, what I have found to be very effective. John now is in the classroom and needs to go to the restroom. So he raises his hand using the bathroom sign, which is the letter T shaking the left to the right. Notice, no verbal interruption. Teacher pauses a second to sign the answer, perhaps yes, or wait, or later. The teacher continues because they are amazing at multitasking with her lesson. And half the students probably don't even know what just happened. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. I, guess I, I can see where you're going with that. Because especially if you learn this, that some of them are going to figure out that uh, real, real quick, they're also going to learn that uh, um, the teacher is pretty consistent with that later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, this is scenario two. It's story time. This is for the younger kids. And when you have story times, students are constantly raising their hand and they're like, um, totally off topic. Um, my mommy last week and they go off who knows where, nothing related to the stories. Yes. So in our course, we have a course ASL in the classroom. We teach the A, C, as in cat, Q method. And again, we have the outline in our course that explains the concept. And basically what happens is when the teacher's telling a story, or even during math time, these ACQ stands for A, I have an answer. So they hold their hand up with the letter A of the ASL alphabet. If they have a comment, they hold their hand up with the letter C. If they have a question, they use the letter Q. Now to start them off, we usually just start with A and C and get them used to that. What happens is, in a younger child's mind, it causes them to think before they raise their hand about what they might need to be saying to the teacher. And it really cuts down drastically on the amount of just silly stories or interruptions um, that deter from the lesson from that day. I love that. And you know, something else that goes with that is that a lot of times, and you see this at all levels, whatever age, um, kids, when they take foreign language, they want to learn how to use it. And so um, many of the kids will start, you know, they get excited about using it properly. And, uh, and so that falls into place there, too, is that they, they kind of get, the, especially the younger ones, are going to really be encouraged to try and figure out how to do it properly. And I think that's neat. Cause you would stop that, uh, that kind of meandering around uh, wanting to yeah. talk about the bird that just flew by. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we have, we have um, real life examples of school students with teachers of not only these examples, but many more. And then we also take time to have a student show you each of these signs that we think are the top signs to use within the classroom. 
That's excellent. That's I, I love that. The uh, so you know one of the things that uh, um, I wanted to make sure that uh, we talked about is that most everything that you do is focused on supporting elementary teachers and students and those working with special needs students. Could you talk about this? And, and also, could you tell the audience about some of the really cool, because you have some really cool free resources on your website. Can you uh, go into a little discussion about what they, could, they can find there? Okay, let's start with free. Yeah, free is good, I like that. I think that gets everybody's attention. Free sign language resources. Well, first I want to, I'm so excited to announce um, a gift to all of your listeners. And we will keep this coupon up code for up for a long time. That way, those who are going into the back history can still access this. Nice. So I'm pleased to announce that this will be a one-time coupon code uh, for you to get a free set of flashcards. And when you print these off, you can blow them up, make them bigger, make them smaller to label things. We even have a way where you can, um, like if you got colors and you have a book about colors, you can put them on each page to, for the student to read the book and see the sign for blue. So you'll get a free set of uh, flashcards and get your pencil out now. And I've got the code coming up for you. The website you're going to go to is ASL, for American Sign Language, ASL Teaching resources with an s.com and when you go um, click on resources and then scroll down to where you see flashcards when you open that up look around pick whichever one you would like and then put it in your cart and at checkout you're going to enter the free coupon code that says f r e e f c that stands for free flash card so that is our gift to you okay we do have more we have free tool links on the website as well. Um, and for those who are on our newsletter, there's an easy sign up on the homepage. Uh, we often share free printable sign language resources um, in our mailings. For instance, at the end of this month, whoever is on it, you're going to actually be able to download an ASL calendar to put into your classroom as well, or your own home, whichever you like. And that will be free. Uh, another thing that's going to be free, this is new, and it is actually, if you go to the website, you'll see the price is zero, and it is, um, we are going to be putting it up by mid-August, and it is our sign club, our online sign club. All of the videos and the teacher lesson plans will be free. Now there is one thing, we kind of have an in-app purchase, so the lessons that you print the printables those will be free to members so if you're not a member you might have to you know put a little bit of money into getting those but all of the videos teaching you songs and games and everything are going to be free the other free thing we have is our podcast and i'll explain that just a little later in this uh, presentation you're going to love it um, another free thing would be for more high school based um, would be um, being a part of our YouTube channel and that's at ASL teaching resources and the reason why is I put things out for about eh, they might be a minute to three minutes of me signing about whatever happened I just took a trip to um, California Yosemite National Parks and so forth so every day I might have interviewed a ranger or just life in general and you'll see me sign so as a high school student you're going to take my video, turn the volume off and see how much you can recognize of the signs. If you need to learn sign, keep the volume on and catch new signs all the time. 
Okay, the last thing. <laughs> the last thing that is, in a way, free. Let me explain this, and that is our membership. Um, right now, it's a little different, but coming in August, members get everything free. So we are giving you all of our worksheets, which has to do with real curriculum for elementary schools, the flashcards, the dice games. We even have cards that you can print off for special um, holidays and games that go with holidays, crossword search, everything done with sign language, even grammar on there. All of that will be printable free for members. Now, here is the extra bonus that you're gonna really love. Those who end up being on the pro level, they not only get all of that free, but our books you are able to download for free. And, okay, all of our online courses are going to be yours free. So you can take ASL level one, ASL level two, and you're gonna be able to access those for free. Nice, so it's an amazing thing. Just keep in mind that the membership will go up at the beginning of August. So anyone wanting to get in at this year's prices, um, you might want to check that out soon. I'll have links on my, in my show notes so that those of you who are driving, those who ride your bike and stuff like this working out, you don't have to stop and write down. I'll have it in my show notes so you can find that information as remember that, uh, that free FC uh, code so that you can put that in a checkout to get those flashcards. Uh, and so since you already mentioned it, one of the things I'd like to do is you have a really unique podcast that's available on iTunes. Can you tell them a little bit about that resource now? Yes, so you can actually get it on Android as well as um, the um, iPhones, your smartphones. So when you open up your podcast app, just type, uh, literally all you have to type in is ASL and we're the first ones that pop up. Um, and we can, you can also access it on our homepage. Um, scroll down a little bit and you can have a direct link from there. Now, if you're not tech savvy, we even have videos on the homepage. Um, to tell you how to download it and put it on either device. And now the podcast itself, a lot of times it's done three times, one in regular mode, then in slow mode, and then back to regular mode. Now, because I take trips every now and then, if I am in the mountains, I am going to show you how to sign mountains right where I'm at. Um, so it won't be the same format all the time. Uh, I do like to throw surprises in there sometimes. And I have to tell you, it's pretty cool. I was watching some of the videos and, and uh, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're talking about a mountain and there's a mountain in the background. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Did you just go to the mountain and say, I'm going to sign mountain today and we're going to go travel to a mountain. So I think that's neat that you do that. That's yeah, awesome. And you're not going to believe this coming up real soon. I was hiking and I was 30 yards from a bear. So nice. I really turn around and say, you see this bear behind me? This is how you sign bear. <laughs> it was <laughs> And then I quickly left and went away. <laughs> Excellent. I was going to say, so did you also do near and far? <laughs> with the, I'm now near the bear, but now I'm far from the bear. <laughs> but now I didn't tell you the name of the podcast. It is actually called ASL Word of the Day. And I'm going to say, please, we are looking for your reviews, so don't hesitate to give us your feedback, how we can improve it, uh, what you like, uh, anything. Excellent. Thank you. And it is, I've spent some time watching the, some of those videos. It's pretty cool. It's like, it, it's neat. It's, it's there, there you are, and you're talking, and you're doing the sign, or the other format, which you talked about. And like I said, it was, it was neat. I'm watching the one format, and all of a sudden, there you are at the mountain. And it's like, 
yeah. And you can always go back and watch old episodes too. You just scroll through and like, oh, how to sign help. Oh, how to sign school. Uh, that we try to do have them seasonally related as well. That's that's awesome. So one of the things that you and you mentioned it already, but one of the things you support is called Sign Club. Could we go in a little bit more detail than, than what you mentioned earlier? Yes. This one is teacher-based request. Um, and here's the key thing that is, um, I, I think, phenomenal. Um, even if you don't know sign, we give you all the tools to be successful. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> so this is a 26-week, uh, it's going to be a 26-week sign language club geared for the younger children or those who have special needs. And we already have some homeschool groups in this area that's going to be using it as part of their, of their curriculum. Uh, and now it's going to be opened up um, in, by mid-August, and we will still be creating some of the lessons, but we're going to be putting up a good bit of them at the beginning. It's going to, each week, we'll give you a focus of 12 new signs, and it, they will be used with songs and with games and with crafts so everyone has a fun learning experience these signs the 12 signs are emphasized over and over and over again in every activity so teachers you don't have to struggle with coming up with a weekly sign club lesson find the resources or print something out and and wonder how do i even sign this we have actually done all the work for you so the the videos are designed to give you a quick visual of your lesson then the one-page PDF handout, which is free to everybody, is going to give you easy click links to the resources that you will be using. So these lessons, the 26 weeks clubs, are all standalones, meaning if you have a group of kids, sometimes they show up and they don't show up, no problem, because you're going to be focusing on just those 12 weeks, 12 words that week. So you can switch them out too. If you're like, oh, I want to do, it's, it's um, Thanksgiving this week. Let's do the Thanksgiving lesson. You can do that instead of the lesson on clothes. Um, switch it around however you want to meet your needs. Um, and those who are members, again, get all of the, all the printed resources for free. Now, if you, a pro level, again, if you get the book, you can even have added lessons to do on your own, and it's all in there to expand your sign club experience. The goal is to have it last for about an hour, and there are quite a few activities to choose from, so if you don't like one or it doesn't meet your child's needs um, in the classroom, then you can just leave that one out and choose the other one. So each week, and this is what I like about it, especially having been homeschool, um, teaching my children at home myself, each week will enhance the learning process by bringing a visual, auditorial, and kinesthetic method to reach all students' needs. So these concepts can be applied to students, whether they're hearing, hard of hearing, deaf, or have special needs. The only requirement is you're going to need internet and you're going to need a printer. Again, all those videos are going to be yours free and the teacher's lesson print will be free too. And for members, all the printable activities will be free too. Very cool. Very cool. So do you, do you have other online professional uh, development? You actually have development course courses. Anything else that we haven't mentioned yet that's uh, part of uh, what they can have access to to help them uh, learn sign a little bit better and, and uh, just as one yeah, we're getting close to closing, and so I also want you to just remind them about that uh, 
unique opportunity they have to uh, for your membership. Yes, we, we often have um, teachers take our online courses for their professional development hours. Okay, we have uh, quite a few online courses for teachers for professional development or just for your enjoyment. Uh, let me give you an example. One of them is American Sign Language Level 1. That is a 15 credit hour course that you can do at your own pace. We encourage people to do it 30 minutes a day. We do have tests. We do have pre-tests as well to get you ready for them. Yes. So be aware. it is a real, it is a real online course. Excellent. We'll say that those who are on the pro level membership also get them free. So you can have access to that all year long if you decide to do the yearly membership. Nice. Uh, we are creating other courses. We do have one coming up for working with um, children um, like preschool age, um, what do you do in daycares and things like that. So that that will be on our website. We have the recordings. We just need to put that package together. Uh, so we do have plans to add more. The ASL in the classroom is a popular one um, because it is short. It's only an hour and a half. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of where it's at for professional development or just for your um, own pleasure to be able to talk and communicate with your deaf students. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, um, one of the things before we go, I want to make sure that we uh, um, tell everybody if they wanted to connect with you further, what would be the best way? Well, the simplest way is our website, aslteachingresources.com. And we do have a contact link. If you click on that, you can email us personally and let us know what you might be looking for. And don't be surprised if I actually reach out and say, what is your phone number? Um, and let's talk personally, because I believe um, I can't just really answer without knowing a little bit more about your situation and what your needs are, how best we can serve you. Excellent. Excellent. So I've got two last questions and uh, they're just questions I like to ask my guests. So, Here's the first one. If you had a chance to talk with 100 brand new teachers, what's one piece of advice you would give them about working with students? Empathy. So imagine you're going to a meeting and you walk in the room and all of a sudden you cannot hear. You see people talking and chatting, having a nice time, and then you notice someone's calling everybody to order. So you know the routine but nobody's saying anything to you because you can't hear, they're uncomfortable. They might wave to you, oh, I know what that means, hello. And then you sit down alone in your own world. Then your interpreter arrives and you feel so relieved because you can't hear. But now you have a friend to talk to. Whoops, no, she's there to work. And to tell you everything the presenter's saying. Huh. So empathy. Remember your deaf child probably feels alone and would love for you and his friends to be able to communicate with him. I love that advice. That is awesome. Awesome advice. Last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? This would be my um, English teacher. Her name was Phyllis Sanders. And 
I remember in English, I was constantly asking questions so much, she gave me a nickname, Miss Q. <laughs> <laughs> and she left such an amazing impact on my life that honestly, even after I graduated high school for the next 30 years, we communicated every Christmas. She left that big of an impact in my life that I did not want to say goodbye because I wanted to thank her every year at Christmas for what she did in my life, just encouraging me to ask questions to keep learning. That's excellent. Thank you so much. And Cynthia, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today. I've enjoyed it. I encourage everyone to check out your ASL teaching resources page, which I'll have the links in my show notes. All of the wonderful resources and tools that you offer, as well as your awesome podcast. The, uh, it's cool because, you know, you, you could just right around there in your own, wherever you are, start practicing mountain, you know, or whatever the word is, so which is really awesome. And, uh, and don't forget about that free membership offer. So, you know, thank you all for creating that. And wow, I mean, that's so cool. So best wishes and uh, thank you so much. You are more than welcome. And everyone take care and happy signing. Hey, have you got some thoughts, questions, or ideas? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me through my email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V and Mileto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. And that's at gmail.com. Or if you're in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care now. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.